today's podcast. Our topic today is the perfect interview. I'm Louise here with Diane. Hi. But before we start on the perfect interview, oh, hang on, before we even start anything, we need to thank you all for listening to us. And please, if you like listening to our podcast and would like us to keep recording them, please like, review, and subscribe. Please review. We could do with some more reviews. So record, review us on Spotify, Podbean. Nice reviews only. Yeah, don't don't be mean. Please don't be mean. <laughs> but today we're going to be talking about the perfect interview. Now, Diane, I believe you're going to start us off with some of your stats for January. Yeah. You've been busy interviewing, haven't you? Yeah, I feel like that's all I've been doing in January is recruiting. Um, it was it, it, I took the role on in terms of that's what we needed to do. It was one of our biggest priorities for the for the new year. And yeah, that's basically my January has been recruiting. Um, and um, yeah, huge stats. So it's been it's been great from the point of view of I've booked 42 people into an interview. Brilliant. Amazing. 42. Yeah. You must have all of people started. Absolutely amazing. Um, I do all my interviews on Zoom. So it's it's a nice sort of for me, it's quite easy for the candidates, relatively easy as well. So, yeah, I had 42 booked in um, out of the 42 that I had booked in. And obviously they all get automatic confirmations. We've got a really good process that makes sure that they, they know. I've had to do a couple on WhatsApp instead of Zoom. So we're really flexible if, they, if they're struggling technology wise. But out of my 42 that I had booked, I had 20 actually turn up. Okay, so, so about one in two. Okay. Yeah. So if you're if you're recruiting and you're wondering why they're not turning up, if you think they can't even turn up for a Zoom interview, then you know, hey. So yeah, a 50% over 50% dropout rate, but 20 of them turned up and I made 13 offers. So 13 job offers were made welcome emails sent out contracts and handbooks sent out for signing so the whole the whole thing was, was done out of 13 so really? so far um so that, this has been a month of really quite hard work getting the interviews booked in and waiting around for 42 and and actually meeting 20 people um and yeah 13 offers and I was looking at my stats just before we came on the podcast so I have still got eight of them in my timelines and um, so in my pipeline so eight out of the 13 haven't started yet um, but what has happened, we've had two no-shows on their first day. Okay. Um, one of them we rang and she went, oh, it's today. <laughs> yeah, you know the contract that you signed and the email that you received and the second email and the text message you got on Thursday. None of that gave you a clue. No, okay. So anyway, she, she's now uh, off the list and inactive. So two no-shows on the day. One just ghosted us through the process, so didn't sign the contract. So we weren't expecting her. So we we knew that she wasn't going to make it through the process and um, one started and decided that it wasn't was wasn't what she was expecting I don't know what she was expecting but it wasn't that's fine she didn't like it and so she left um after one day I think it was it might be one and a half days um and we've had one who has actually started out of that 13 so far so 42 interviews through January we're now on the 1st of February and you've one, had one, one has started and she started today now I still have eight that are due to start Do you hang on, so hang on. based on my stats I'm not overly hopeful um, and the longer you take for them to get started, the higher the chances of them dropping out. So so this one, and we know the stats on getting to the end of the first week are pretty low. <laughs> Am I just being mean here, Diane? <laughs> yeah. Ask me on Friday, is she still with us? 
I don't know. Will I you be hope speaking? so. Will you be hiding under a cover on Friday, rocking slowly, going wild? <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting actually because I, you know, these stats are horrific. You know, when you when you really sort of boil it down. But I have no emotion attached to any of it. So for me, I find it quite amusing. It's just it, it's a game, not not in a awful way that I'm playing with people it's just like it's just a numbers game this is the process we have to go through you know at least we've had 42 applicants because actually in previous months we've had no applications whatsoever but um it, it does feel like you know I'm just playing the numbers and people will stick so you know I'm confident that I'm hoping that at least two out of the people the 13 people that I've offered jobs to will join us and stick long term but we'll see I'll probably and let you know we, in a couple of months we talk about the reality it's okay for you because you're sat there doing your zoom interviews and you've got the time to do it and you work around your other work but what if you were cleaning eight hours a day what yeah, if you had customers that you know you desperately need a new member of staff and we're looking at that amount of work to take someone off that's that's un it's unsustainable almost isn't it you you couldn't do this as a full-time business owner no and and that's this is the challenge and why we wanted to do this podcast about the perfect interview and and I will let you into a little secret as to why perhaps my stats aren't great um and they might I could improve them is because I had so many applicants I've taken a little bit of a lazier approach and I've not pre-qualified them so I have literally I I say I haven't pre-qualified I did I did have rejected probably rejected about 40 candidates that I just didn't even invite to interview but normally my process would be a telephone interview then a zoom then the offer but because I had so many applicants you know the 42 applicants that's too many for me to call I just I just wanted to shorten it so actually they've not been pre-qualified well enough so actually I'm going to learn from that because I know how to do it but I'm just like actually I was cheating a little bit so the lesson here is the stats look terrible, but there's, there's actually probably some other reasons behind it. And also it hasn't wasted your time because they don't turn up to a Zoom call. What have you That's wasted amazing. two minutes waiting for them? Yeah. Um, but it's very different if you're waiting in a coffee shop or you've hired somewhere, you know. Yeah. So these stats are really quite inconsequential to you. You're like, I want one or two people that I'll get there. Uh, but it's not like that when you have to take time out of work to no, deal with this. Absolutely. Or, how many of us, when you're cleaning and you've missed a time when you're supposed to call a candidate and you feel sick and you're guilty and you go, oh, I should have done that. But then the reality is they wouldn't have answered anyway. No, no. I mean, in fact, actually, funnily enough, I had one this morning um, who couldn't do a Zoom. She didn't couldn't understand the technology. So I said, no problem at all. We'll do a WhatsApp video call. So I added her to my WhatsApp and I messaged her and I says, right, you know, let's book a time in. So she was booked in at 1130 this morning and I tried to ring her at 1132. Um, I thought, oh, gosh, I'm late. Panic. You know, no. 1132 rang her, didn't answer. So I sent her a message saying, you know, are you available for our call? And apparently there's been a family crisis. So it's uh, it's terrible. Honestly, sometimes I feel like we pack out with Ensure Hospital near me. Honestly, my recruitment days must pack up their A&E because yeah. the number of children that get sent home from school unexpected are not sent home, sent off to hospital. Yeah, I should give them a heads up when I'm planning to do a big interview day. <laughs> It should, yeah, just so they can be prepared. It's yeah. your fault that the the A and E is full, yeah. I think so, it's. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to share these stats, but I know that they're they're a bit skewed because I've been I've shortened the process from what I would normally do, and that's why you know I wanted to talk on the podcast about how you should do it. You're still going to have 
you're still going to have no shows. You're still going to have people that don't turn up. You're still going to have people ghosting you. You're still going to have people that start and don't like the job or they don't work out for whatever reason. So be prepared for that. But there are also ways you can improve the process, aren't there, Louise? So let's actually talk about the right process. Yes. We've talked. To, I think the stats are important because actually we need to set expectations. And I think if you're recruiting for your first person, you're so excited and you've got five interviews arranged going, how am I going to pick between them? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't worry. <laughs> no, they'll, they'll pick themselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the perfect interview. So before we even get to interview stage, you said actually you didn't pre-qualify. A lot of people won't know what pre-qualify means. So what should you do? Or if I was if I was a new business owner and you were giving me advice, I'm taking on maybe my second or my third employee. So I've got a bit of an idea what I'm doing. What would you be telling me to set up as my recruitment process before they even get to interview? For me, it always starts because I think of recruitment as marketing for candidates, just like in the market for clients, it starts off with who is your target market? That's always where it starts for me. That's the start of the recruitment process. So who is who, your target market? Who player? is your target market? Yeah. Who's mine? Yeah. Mine is usually mums. Um, usually. Um, yeah. Usually women returners, I suppose, is, is how I would term, women it, term it. Yeah. So women that are perhaps returning to the workplace oh. usually are our good target market. Either their kids have grown up a little bit or they've still got young children and they want to work around them. But actually, I would say for us, our ideal is women whose children have grown up a little bit and now they're looking for something outside of the home. OK, so I've got that then. That's going to be my target market, the same as yours. We've got women returners returning yeah. to work after having one, two, three, four, possibly more kids. <laughs> kids are now at primary school. They only want to work school hours. Let's do yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. So, what should I be setting up? So I've now had, let's say I've got 15 applications. I did a good advert, put it on Indeed, Facebook, wherever I put it, Job Centre. Um, got 15 applications. What's my first contact with them? Okay, well, for me, don't do it how I've done it in this last month, which is just, I just literally send them an email and a link to book themselves in for an interview. I check them out first. I don't send it to everybody, but I that's what I've been doing. But normally what we would do is we would do an initial call. Quite quickly after they apply as well. How quickly? As quick as you can. So because if, if you're really seriously recruiting, you need to be looking at it every day. So I love it if you can get back within the hour or two. And I know that when I speak to my recruitment staff, I'm like, you get back to them immediately yeah. because if we aren't, someone else will be. And we've got so much competition. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So initial telephone call. And that's just to assess the basics. Do they actually want this job? um you know do they sound like they'll be a, a good fit but it's a quite a quick conversation it's probably only sort of three or four minute conversation oh so is it just to assess the basics because I know I've had these conversations they've gone on 10 minutes well <laughs> yeah I usually just want to have a little bit of a chat with them just it's a lot of this when it comes to recruitment a lot of it is for me anyway is do they feel the right fit for the business have they got the right attitude I know I can teach them to clean so I'm usually looking for the right attitude on the phone initially because they haven't got customer service skills, how they're going to look after my clients. So I need to know that they can communicate. Now, this is quite interesting. And this is a question that you will probably get asked a lot. Let's say I, I'm taking on my second or third member of staff. I would be looking for someone with cleaning experience. Yet you've just said you don't want them to have cleaning experience. Um, 
they don't for me they, they don't need cleaning experience because sometimes you have to untrain people so I don't want them coming in with any preconceptions doesn't mean I won't take somebody with experience and I'll often jump on those quicker but it, for me it's not a deal breaker okay so if I was taking someone on and you're giving advice to me should I be looking for someone with experience um personally you don't need to hire on attitude and train them yeah. so I have a chat I find out the questions I need so what what kind of questions do I when you say pre-qualify them what three things four things should I be looking for although on our application they shouldn't be able to apply if they don't have a driving license and a vehicle um it's usually one of the first questions out of my mouth on the telephone just to check because sometimes you can have a five minute conversation and I've done it and then at the end of it you realize they don't actually have a car <laughs> and you've just spent time so that's one of the first questions I will ask but but really it's just a quick chat just at where are you based what are you looking for you know what are you doing work-wise at the moment so it's, it's a really brief conversation and when are you available to come and meet me if that's what I want to do otherwise if I'm not sure then I will say oh no problem at all I've got a few more people to talk to and I'll be in touch and then I'll let them know and we're not going ahead but if I like them then I will just book them in for a, a, an interview online there and then and how much do you tell them about you and what you do? Um, at that stage, I would usually tell them a little bit about the business, but not again, this is a quite a brief conversation, but I do want to start selling at this point. So I am very much conscious that it's more about them being attracted to me than me being attracted to them. And I love the fact you're using that word. It is all about attraction, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got to say, this is why I would go on to a 10 minute phone call. I'm the same. I would ask my, I think there's five questions and it's bam, 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 bam. But if I'm starting to go, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm like, and let me tell you a little bit about what we yeah. do, because I want them excited at that point. And it is going to be the very best description of what we do. Yeah. And how we'll look after them. Yes. And and I tend to, when I'm pitching at this stage, I say pitching, it, it is pitching, isn't it? I am pitching yeah. a job at any, if anybody's going to listen to me, I'm going to pitch it. Um, so it's saying things like, oh, great news. You know, it's a very physical job, particularly if they've been bored at a desk job. It's a very physical job. You know, a lot of people will lose like half a stone in the first couple of months. It's really good. Uh, you know do you do much to stay physically fit if we're just talking about the physical job part of it um, yeah, yeah. oh well you won't need a gym membership brilliant so we're really selling it now later on I might be saying look you need to be taking water you're going to get dehydrated and blood I am not going to be mentioning any of that at this stage no no, no. and I think it's one of the things with this whole process, it's a bit like um, managing customer expectations is you don't want to oversell it because you do have to also make them aware it's a physical job and you need to look after yourself. We'll look after you, but you need to take responsibility as well. And, and you know, you need to be physically fit to do it. If you're not as physically fit as you should be, you will get fitter, but it will take a little bit of time. So you've got to be honest with them because, you know, don't I mean, we did have one say that came along and just decided it wasn't for her. I don't think it was anything to do with the physical side. I just don't think she liked going into different houses. Um, but you've got to kind of make them aware of it's it's a hard job at times. But then you get people even the going into difficult houses, dif different houses, sorry, not difficult, different houses. I would talk about that from the start saying it's really good. It's a really varied job. You're never going to get bored. It's not the kind of job where you're going to clock watch. Yeah. Um, but then if 
later on I would be saying, is there anything that concerns you? And they might bring up a little bit of anxiety about that. And I would be talking about it in perhaps a more honest way and how we're actually going to tackle it and deal with it with them. Yeah, I'll talk about that in a lot more detail on the actual interview because we do our interviews on Zoom. And yeah, we very, very much go into that and talk a lot about how our job is to look after them so they can look after our clients. And also that, you know, the cleaning bit will come quite quickly to you. Don't worry about that. We'll teach you it and you'll find that the easier bit. But what we'll also teach you is how to manage the, the day to day and the, the, you know, the finding the house and alarms and keys and things like that. And, you know, but yeah, you're right. It's the variety as well, which you can kind of turn that around, can't you? So so what I would say is in my telephone interview, it is quite sales. It's very positive more positive than I'd be perhaps on the next stage (laughs) then I'm a bit more honest yeah my my telephone my my first telephone is is I'm excited I really want to meet them that's kind of how I'm framing it if you like yeah yeah I mean I tell them all the positives so then the actual interview whether it's online or in person so I think you do yours in person again now don't you Yes. Uh, So we do it in person. And the reason for that, which you probably don't have the same problem with, because we live on the outskirts of a big city, a lot of people go, oh, great news. You're only 15, 18 minutes away. Mm -hmm. Yes. Till you actually try doing the journey or they'll go, oh, you're one bus ride away. Yes. But you need to swap and it can take an hour each way. And people go, oh, I can do that. I'm quite prepared to commute an hour each way for a part-time job in school hours I don't think that's the best idea um so we very much do keep it um because we can take people on public transport and non-drivers so we want to keep it face-to-face because it makes it really real for them that they're going to actually come to a place whereas you have all drivers and so it's very clear people know what it's like you're not going to have the rush hour traffic no and I mean what well one of our branches is is North Leeds and that is a lot busier so um we, but we keep our geography tight so yeah part of the zoom and the actual interview is checking the location and where they are in relation and if they've got school drop-offs as well because sometimes their school drop-off might be different from where they live so you have to be aware of all that so just get the start and finish times right and I suppose the 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 actual interview itself is there's a lot of the logistics is decided isn't it as part of that yeah, so I, for me, the reason I would still do face-to-face is because one, I have an office, it's easy. Two, I have someone sat in the office available to do interviews, it's easy. If it was me, they'd be on Zoom in a heartbeat. I am not going to go to my office every time. And I mean, I could go and work from the office to be fair, so it's not so bad, um, but I want that freedom. So I would be doing it on Zoom. And particularly if I had an out and about job and I was out and about cleaning, I'd be doing them all on Zoom. Yeah. And the other nice thing about Zoom for me is it's a time saver. So, you know, you can set aside a half an hour for each interview. It takes about 20 minutes usually, whereas you couldn't do half an hour back to back in person because it would be so you normally have to set them an hour apart. Well, that's we, we've just found that we end up with people waiting and it's just awkward. Somebody will turn up early. And yeah, so, yeah, it's just a bit more awkward. So. But on Zoom, I know that I can be finished in plenty of time. I don't have to worry about somebody, at, you know, at the door and making cups of tea for different people and that sort of thing. So, oh, no. So ours are booked 15 to 20 minutes apart. And but then we've got other rooms. So they might sit and they'd be made a cup of tea from one person. So we'd sit yeah. somewhere else. And I've done it where I've gone. Can someone else do the tour? So we, we might do a tour of our like 
so we all our office is completely open plan yeah. so it's it's slightly awkward so yeah for me zoom is a time saver as well so again it depends on your setup okay so they've come to their interview whether it's in person or zoom because in person and zoom the interviews are really not that different pretty much the same yeah so what's going to happen here so before they come along to this what are you going to have prepared are you going to print off their CV? What are you actually going to do? Um, well, because I'm doing it on Zoom, I don't print anything. But yeah, I do have their CV in front of me. But really, for me, I just want to get to know the person behind the CV. So yes, I will ask them about previous jobs. Often there's been a gap, so it's not always as relevant. But I kind of want to dig and find out why they've applied for the job and why it's going to work for them, why it's going to work for us. Um, and just it's my, my interviews are quite informal in that way and I try and sort of for me it's I'm having a coffee with this person and trying to get to know a bit more about them so I don't um, have key questions though it's just okay so my normal basis mine are exactly the same as yours they're very informal but right I didn't realize that that until I was training other people to do my job that that informality only as possible with complete regimented structure yeah. so you're sat there going well I don't have set questions you absolutely do yeah. so don't lie to me Diane <laughs> in fact it's funny actually because my husband because my office is now moved but it was on the landing so it was open and he was he was downstairs and he could hear because obviously I've done 20 interviews and he could hear them and he goes do you not sort of think that you're just repeating yourself over and over again and I'm like yes and sometimes I'll be have I already said that <laughs> <laughs> because I've just it's yeah, yeah there's definitely a script there um, and actually we, we actually have it written down so yeah I'm not being disingenuous but it's just very it, it feels very informal and that's what I wanted to go for because I want them to feel well it's not just that I wanted to convince them that we're a really nice company to work for because we are a really nice company to work for but I want that feel that I'm here to look after them if that makes sense so having trained someone to do this you can get to it being very relaxed and nice but that comes when this person is absolutely confident in this script. And I've got to say, you know, that script like yours is written out and it's practiced and it's practiced and it's practiced and it's practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced until it feels natural. But the other thing that I didn't realize is a script on its own doesn't work. So a script will give you a surface level of answers. That's all I can get from a script. But what you and I, and you've explained it nicely, but I don't think our listeners will have understood quite this. You said, I want to know the real why. Why will this job be right for them? And that can't really be done in a script because you can ask the question, why is this job right for you? And you're going to get- Oh, I love cleaning. Yeah, we're going to get a whole load of surface level answers. Yeah. But you and I both know that what we need to do, we're going to have to ask that why question five more further times before we get to the real, what is their need for this job? And what I find is we can do this on any subject. So you can do it around previous jobs. You can do it around family. You can do it around their love of dogs. But anything will lead you to the real need that that is where we need to get to. So, for example, Diane, I might be saying, so why is this job right for you? And you might say, it works nicely around my kids. Why is it important to you that a job works around your kids? Well, it's really important because fundamentally I'm a mum and that's most important to me. OK, what is it that this job will give you that will make you a better mum? 
oh, well, actually, I came from a background that blah, and I'm going, oh, my God, oh, my goodness, I do not want to need this level of detail. Okay, so why is this job right for you compared to any other job? Well, if I get this job, it would really give me a greater sense of being like, it's really important. I'm going, yes, now I know what to sell back to you. (laughs) But are you not also checking out what are the what are the warnings here? I mean, to me, the warnings are I want to get deep and then I'm looking for inconsistencies. So there's not a lot of warning sort of triggers. It's inconsistencies that I'm looking for because most people can hide the warning signs quite well. And so this is where writing notes matters. So if, for example, somebody has said to me, it's really important to me that I'm a good mum right okay great that's really important okay and then later on what do you do you know what is it you do outside of work how do you relax oh there's nothing I love more than going down the pub and I love you know on Saturday morning I don't get up till one o'clock in the afternoon what well you told me that you want to be a good mum that's not consistent with what you've just told me there so you know and I suppose you know being conversational even with a structure you're not trying to trick people or catch them out, but it just allows you to get a sense of whether they're going to be the right fit, doesn't it? Do you not think you're conversational because it allows them to let down their guard a little more? Yeah, 100%. The more relaxed you are, (laughs) the more relaxed they'll be, and then they'll be honest with you. And actually, we used to, this is going back a long time, but I used to go and interview people in their own homes. That's how I used to do it. Didn't get any no-shows because it was me going um, and yeah people were relaxed yeah I even had somebody tell me that they hated cleaning as soon as I walked in the door mm, short did, interview. did you go and <laughs> I don't mind the mess I hate cleaning that's what she said first words out of her mouth when I arrived I've only done okay. one in-house one and I've got to say I felt a little awkward um how many times have you done interviews where you've been interviewed though um, oh, a few times, actually. Yeah. And in fact, the, the lady that's just started with us today. Um, yeah, she she asked me a lot of questions. And actually, I interviewed somebody um, yesterday who um, is hopefully starting in a couple of weeks. And yeah, she had a list of questions. It was I like it. I like it. But honestly, I've sat there sometimes feeling like I am going to get grilled and they they really know what to go for. And they go right now. And it's always about pay and holiday. Yeah, yeah. Travel that's time, pay, mileage. Yeah. How many clients will I be doing in a day? Yeah. Yeah. They get into the real nitty gritty details. And I've got to the stage where I just preempt it and I tell them all of these things because I know that's what they really want to know. And and I think as well, what I like when they have got questions, even, you know, even though that they're not difficult to answer, I like it because it shows to me that they have prepared, they've thought about it. um, And therefore that tells me that they care a bit more about the job than perhaps somebody else that, forgotten I was going to call or okay so let's recap because there's a point here so Diane you're nice and relaxed okay so that we're going to get them to be honest you're going to get to the real bottom their need why they want this job and why do we want their need such an easy question this well it's it's sales isn't it once you know what they need you can sell them what they want so once you know what it is then that's how you pitch yeah so give me a pitch so I'm a mum. I like to work around my kids. I I want to be a great mum. That's really important to me. Pitch me your job. Yeah. Well, the brilliant thing about our job is you can be the one that drops them off at school and picks them up. Um, and we even 
So long as you give us lots of notice, we'll make sure that you always get to go to the nativity and the sports day because we can be really flexible. And it's just the perfect job to fit around the family. And how do I know I can trust you that what you're saying is true? Well, the whole reason I started the business was I wanted the business to work around my family. So I know that it works for my team as well. And I'm guessing your whole team is in the same situation. We're geared up for this. Yeah. Easiest pitch ever. And you made that seem it wasn't a pitch. It was really natural. And that is how we're going to get them to stay. Yes. Or at least take the job. Or at least take the job and turn up. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So the interview's gone really well. Do you make them the offer there and then? Never. I don't know. Big rule. No. Why? (laughs) Because... To me, it's all about candidate control. So I know at that stage, so what I would normally say is, oh my goodness, I really like you. I think you would fit in so well. I can see that this job would work for you absolutely perfectly. I'm really, really interested. I just need to go and speak to the other manager um, because I know he's done some other interviews as well. Um, But if he's happy and would like to offer you the job, when would you be available to start? They say that. Is there anything else that I could tell him that, you know, I really like you? Is there anything that would make you really stand out? And I get them to pitch themselves back to me. Then I'll go and have an imaginary conversation. (gasps) Then if I really want to drill home. You should be a vacuum cleaner salesperson or a window double glazing. I'll just speak to my manager. (laughs) I'm always going to speak to my manager. But then, and then I say, look, I am, I've really enjoyed it. And they're like, yep, yep, yep. All's great. So I'm now very much showing them the signs. I want them. And I say, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a call in a couple of hours when you've got home. um, So you've got some time to think about it. I'm really interested. I'm going to go and speak to my manager. But what I'll do is I'll call you in a couple of hours. If you've got any more questions for me, because I know it's quite on the spot when we're talking like this. If there's anything else you'd like to know, just write it down and obviously come and ask me. Um, If I call you in two hours, would that be okay? Yes, no, blah, blah, blah. Um, Brilliant. Then I call them back and I go, oh, how was the interview? You know, how was the journey back? What did you like about the company? What did you not like? Is there anything you wish you'd asked that you forgot to ask? Perfect. Now, you said you're available on this date. Is that still the case? No. Oh, good. You could have mentioned that earlier. No, that's not still the case. It never is. Okay. (laughs) Um, And then I'm like, oh, fantastic. Right. I will just double check that. And if we were to offer you, and this was where I'd say, if we were to offer you the position, I just need to check with my manager. I'll be back in five minutes. Would you be happy to accept? Yes. Give it five, 10 minutes and then call them back and close so it is quite a time consuming process that extra five minute phone call um but again i've been training someone to do this and of course they couldn't see the need to do this phone call they were like please you know what i just offer them oh they found out the need because they've got really good candidates and they offer them in there they're really excited and then the candidate does a no-show and then of course you've got no idea why they do a no-show whereas by adding in this extra step you have control the entire way and they're not afraid to sort of say I've got concerns because they're not face to face it's an extra step you're checking it and you'd be amazed how many either objections little tweaks or Louise, I love the interview, but can I be really honest? I'm not quite sure I'm fit enough. Okay, that's fine. Should we start you on half days? Can we do that? Yes, we can do that. Yeah. Um, and I that think is- also you're giving the you're giving the candidate the option of saying no, aren't you? It's quite hard to say no to somebody's face, but on the telephone, it's a bit easier. Yeah, and all their problems I can normally solve. But if, for example, 
I do the interview and then I go ahead and give them an email offer. I've got no control. Yeah, no, so, good system. And this is why it seems like an overly complicated system. It's a five minute phone call, but that five minutes changes everything. Yeah. Um, and also what I picked up there was what was important is you actually tell them that you like them at the interview. I think that's really oh. important. Uh, I think sometimes people are a bit too officious and it's almost like, right, I've got lots of other people to see, so I'll be in touch, which you might want to say if you don't like them. But if you like them, why not say so? Oh, no, I'm going to go, I really like you. And I don't just say I really like you. I then I start with that. And then you this would work so well for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> this would be a really good fit for you. It will work you know, around your family. And yeah. yeah, isn't aren't you lucky that this has literally landed on your lap? <laughs> I'm the best thing that ever happened to you. <laughs> brilliant yeah so no, that, that's a, a perfect so so then they get the phone call which is basically offering them the job and it's a nice exciting call hopefully and they're excited what happens next so in that phone call where I offer them the job by this stage I've said would you accept the job if I offered you perfect you know I might pretend there's someone else and sometimes is actually someone else uh, I decide or I may offer both or whatever then I phone them back and then it's quite an official phone call so I'm thrilled to offer you the job are you quite happy to accept perfect right Okay, I'm going to send you an email. Now, in that email, it is going to have details of your first day. Now, we agree to this day. Does that still work for you? Yes. You will need to wear X, Y, and Z. You will need to bring this. Now, we will have already talked through the training program, but the first four days, we are going to do X, Y, and Z. This is what we're going to do. And that might be a 15-minute phone call, and I give them so much information, and then it's all followed up in an email as well, Um but that's it's quite an in it's quite that's where I have quite an official phone call with them nice and you've got to cover a lot haven't you what should they wear what to expect on their first day we get we, we send them some pre-training so that what our expectations are for the pre-training we want them to do a dbs check beforehand what's going to happen with that and how will they be reimbursed so there's a lot to cover so I kind of go look I've given you a lot of information there but I'm going to follow it up in an email so it'll all be written in an email for you to have a look and if you've got any questions you you can obviously just give me a ring or, or email me back so yeah and how many references it's like can I, can I put my mum as a reference no you can't <laughs> your mum's never gonna say anything mean so no <laughs> yeah but it's quite difficult sometimes with references isn't it it's because sometimes especially if they've not had a job for a while they kind of sometimes struggle a little bit with that don't they Yes. So I always say, I want your last manager. I don't care if it was 10 years ago. I want your last manager. And if they go, well, I haven't got their details. I want HR because there's always an HR. If the company hasn't closed down, there's always an HR. So I would always want that one. Um, And then really, I would accept I've had churches, teachers at school. I ideally want a character reference type thing. Yeah, I ideally want two work references. I want their last boss and, and another one or the one before. Um, it's got I've got to have the last boss. If I can't have the last boss, it's not really a set of references. No. And how do you do, take the references? Do you do them by email, on the telephone? How does that work? So they get emailed, first of all, they never respond. Or if they do respond and it is lacking in detail or a less than perfect or I don't want to say, 
I'm on that phone and I'm having a personal chat. I can confirm this person worked for us from this date to this date, but I can't tell you anything else. That's yeah. <laughs> and then you get them on the phone. They go, I'd rather not say. And I'm like, look, you know, I really appreciate you'd rather not say, but I run a small business. I need to know. And I ask a really direct question because um, I can't just ask Vegas, tell me what the problem is. I say, look, they're going into people's houses. I need to know that they are not going to steal. That is the most important thing to me. And they they will then go, oh, um, I don't want to say look, I need to know, am I putting my customers at risk? And at that point, they will say if there's anything um, that they wouldn't necessarily have said in the reference. Um, and, and even if that's something has nothing to do with stealing, they understand why I'm not just being difficult. I must have this reference. And yeah. I've got to say, they do tend to say. Yeah. And then I can go from there. But I mean, how many times have you been told, oh, my last boss was awful? Yeah. I'm sure some of our former cleaners have said the same thing. <laughs> it's a, sometimes a way of uh, deflecting blame, isn't it? So are you going to start to do the pre-close now? <laughs> the pre-close. Pre-close, that's what I call it, the pre-close. Yeah. The bit, the, you know, f- feedback after the interview, interview feedback. But yeah, we learned the hard way, never miss that bit. Yeah. We also, one of the other things that we do is when they, when they, when we've had the interview, they get a text message just to say it was really lovely to meet you. Um, and uh, we'll, you know, tell them what's going to happen next. Yeah. That's kind of like my phone call, mm. but yeah, I don't want to get them in the habit. You can get away with texting me. Do not ah. text me. phone me, phone me, phone me, or don't phone me. That's fine too, but do not text me because <laughs> people text when they want to hide something. Oh yeah, no, I agree. But we, we kind of like it from a broadcast sort of information point of view and we can do it online so we quite like it from that point of view yeah easier than a phone call so what happens next so they've had the job offer they've accepted they've had the welcome so we do all our contracts and handbooks get signed electronically so is that what you do as well yeah it's all electronic it's all I mean similar to you it's all systemized I think at the moment you just press a button and it automatically fills in everything it goes to them uh, I mean, it's all done automatically. We put in our own software, but I believe we have something exciting coming up. Are we not talking about this? We quite will yet? have. We can't talk about it yet, but we will have something. Yeah, we're collaborating with um, a partner on um, some processes and the documents that are involved. But yeah, can't tell you about it yet. Okay, so we press a button, everything gets sent. Now, if you haven't got said button, then it's you get a template contract. If you're a DCBM member, it's a doddle. You pull it off. You basically press, if you're in Word, Control F and find everywhere it says DCBN and yeah, remove that and change it to your company name, fill in the person's hours, name, address, you know, all the thing, the basic things. It's quite easy to fill in. They get sent a contract. I think legally it has to be done on the first day now, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It used to be, you had like, I think you had a month, didn't you, to get them a contract, but now they have to have it on their first day. So you may as well send it in advance. Yeah, we do issue them with the handbook I can honestly say I don't think anyone ever reads it so we also issue them with a video version of the handbook so they we expect them to watch the video version of the handbook before they even get to us um and then they get questions at the end of the video to prove that they have watched what is effectively our handbook I, I think we call it an introductory video but it's our handbook yeah um and then they have watched, we might have done a tour around, all the things they need to know is in the introductory video. We make it nice and informal, nice and easy. Um, and then they rock up on their first day um, and uh, they get issued with uniforms. We've got a training manager dedicated to looking after them. It's 
really nice like yeah we, we've we've had our first dedicated training manager in place since mid-january so um yeah she's uh, been out training our new recruit one of our new recruits today not only new recruit <laughs> our only new recruit yeah <laughs> she's to be fair she's been working with the rest of the team she's been sort of like not learning because she's got masses of experience in um being, she was a training manager for a really big hotel in uh, housekeeping so um she she knows her stuff but yeah she's been out going out getting to know the team over the last couple of weeks getting to know our systems and how we do it um yeah but today is the first time she's gone live with a new recruit <laughs> Oh, uh, do you know, mine came up to me and was like, Louise, I'm turning into you. I was like, what do you mean you're turning into me? She was like, I'm up to here. I tell them to fix it and fix it and fix it and fix it. She goes, I'm like repeating myself. I'm so frustrated. And I was like, oh, hello. Welcome to my world. Um, yeah. But you kind of want her to be turned into you, don't you? So that you don't have to do it. Isn't that, wasn't that the plan? Yeah, but it makes it makes you realise how you got to that stage when you go, I'm done like I think when she first came on board Wiles has been in place quite a while now but and when she first came on board she was like how can you be so ruthless and now she's like oh I get it I do not want to go through that level of frustration again when you can see what's going to happen you just cut it off quickly don't you yeah absolutely rip the plaster off and all that sort of thing okay so let's go back to the recruitment process so they've 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 hopefully they've watched they've done a bit of training before they start do you nurture them in any way so I think um, if they've got a long time before their start date they're more likely to know show is in my experience so how far ahead is the ideal for you um an ideal start date uh, I mean it depends where they're at so um I want them a week or two weeks after yeah. the interview um not many people I don't know if it's the kind of areas we're recruiting from the the industries we're recruiting from they're not having sort of month or two month um what they call notice periods so a week or two weeks is perfect I'm quite happy to wait for the right person I'd wait as long as it takes and some of them then go on holiday I've got to say if they're going to do one day here and then one day there and one day all over the place I'm like I'd rather wait six weeks for you um but you know you know as well as I do time kills deals the longer it takes the the harder it is unless they're in a job but again if they've got a six-week notice period how many times they go oh the week before I'm supposed to start I spoke to my boss and they've changed my hours but you said you didn't want to work there because you hated your boss well they're not so bad yeah 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 you're right time kills deals yeah so I'm looking at our sort of schedule over the next two weeks where we've got these eight new starters scheduled and I don't want to go further than two weeks. Diane, have you got eight new starters in two weeks and one training manager? Yeah. Do you not like your training manager very much? It, to be fair, we've we've got we've got another manager in place who's doing doing it with her. So no, we, we, we're fine. So we've got two a week basically is is how we would ideally do it, but we've got a bit more than that at the moment. Okay, so you're on four a week at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I don't actually know. Looking at it, one of them starts in three weeks. So that was her choice. So yeah, eight in three weeks. Doddle. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you'll be fine. I will turn up. <laughs> no, maybe you need to tighten some of your processes so you're not just sat there on your first day going, are they going to turn up? <laughs> no, we, we we usually know. But the what one this week, she'd done everything. She'd signed the contract. She'd be, But it was just, yeah, just, I don't know what it was. She thought it was a different date. Oh, so she might still come back. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> oh, my. 
she was offered the option and didn't seem like she was very it wasn't you know it wasn't sort of like oh my god I'm so sorry it wasn't apparently I didn't speak to her but apparently it wasn't that conversation so um yeah we're not gonna well you won't believe what happened to my new starter this week they didn't come in yesterday because their son was really ill and had to go to hospital but they're going to definitely be in today definitely definitely unfortunately they were so busy they forgot to tell us that they couldn't make it in oh and and they just didn't turn up I mean devastated Um, yeah absolutely it is yeah but it's for me this is this process is all about improving it I know that I was short-circuiting it a little bit so my numbers are worse than they would be normally but it was a conscious decision I knew that there were going to be a lot of no-shows um and the proof will be in whether any of those eight people are with us in three months time I'll be happy if two of them are that would be kind of my expectation but do you know what you have done really well? So whether you use sort of a, a scattergun approach like you have to just go, right, we'll invite you all in for interview or whether you do it sort of quite targeted, what you're doing really, really well is actually the attitude because it's really hard. If you've done 20 interviews like you have, and we all do this, um, 20 interviews, you know, how do you not get demoralized when you still haven't had a starter? And, and particularly, like you're not feeling the pain personally quite as much. I'm sure you might be feeling it in your, in your bank account a little bit more or the stress of the staff. Um, but it's it's keeping that attitude. And that's that's the, the reason why um, recruiters get paid so much is because it is the most soul-destroying job known to man. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because when you're going out and signing new clients, it's so exciting. The clients are happy and you're happy. And recruitment is technically the same thing. But for some reason, it's harder. And well, not for some reason, it just is harder. It always has been. And yet it's hard not to get demoralized. But I've just learned that it doesn't matter. I've just got, I just need to keep doing it. It's it's one of the, and I don't, I quite enjoy it. So when they do turn up, I enjoy my chats. So I don't mind. And I, I suppose I'm not emotionally t- attached to whether they start or not. I, I just don't get me wrong. I do worry about it slightly. I'm like, oh God, you know, we really need these new recruits, but it's not, it's not as big a deal because I just know you just need to keep doing it and it will work. So what would you say to me again, I'm my third staff member I'm recruiting for them. I've spent all month trying to recruit and I failed miserably and I come to you feeling pretty demoralized. What would you give me as advice? Well, I'd say listen to the podcast and and put a process in place because you've been given some really great advice, but also to realize that you say that you've been recruiting all month. Have you? <laughs> that would be my, what I've been wondering. How much time have you dedicated to it? Well, all the time I can. I'm busy. I'm spending every evening doing recruitment. <laughs> I love it. Have you really been recruiting, Louise? I don't believe you. <laughs> no, I don't. The reality is, though, because it's hard, we put off doing it. So, so somebody might say, "Oh, I'm I can't recruit," and I'll be going, "Okay, when did you last look at your Indeed account, for instance? If you're using Indeed, when did you last change your advert? When you know." Have, are you actually following up quickly on candidates? There's so many ways. If you've got a process, you can tweak it. So I know that the reason I've had so many no-shows is I didn't do my normal pre-qualification call. If I'd have done that, I'd have had less interviews and therefore less percentage of no-shows. But I chose not to. But I know that that's what I can do to improve it. So you're not going to sugarcoat. Basically, if I'm not recruiting, I haven't worked hard enough. You're just going to tell me, yeah? 
No, it's not, it's not that you haven't worked hard enough. It's that you've not been consistent, that okay. you don't have a clear process. Um, and perhaps it goes right back to the beginning that you don't know who your target market is. There could be all along that process of target market to the, you know, the initial screening call to the actual interview to your follow up process. That's where you need to be looking. OK, so are you telling me? Right. That if I had a process and recruited uh, for, like full time, I would succeed. Um, you would definitely be increasing your chances, but I'm not <laughs> telling you it's easy. But yeah. OK, but the reality is I would, wouldn't I? Like, it's not that hard to recruit in this industry. Um, all you have to do, like you're saying, OK, you've got some not great stats at the moment. But the reality is through February, you will take on a lot of people because you've done the work, you've done the pipeline and it's not going to stop. And the reality is, if I did the work, I do do the work, I'd like to say, <laughs> but if I did the work, it it's going to work. It's because, as I said at the beginning, it's a numbers game. You've got to put in the numbers and the effort in order to get the numbers out at the other end. And, and also, you know, this isn't recruitment necessarily, but it is part of the process. You've got to train them well and you've got to look after them. Otherwise, they won't stick. So there's so many parts to the, the whole recruitment process and you need to know what yours is and, and improve it. Yeah. So write it down. But this, hope this has helped. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going to come to it for advice on this day. I just work harder, Louise. Yeah, you're not doing enough, Louise. Yeah. But <laughs> Look at me with my 42 interviews and 20 of them actually turned up. But unfortunately, those are the stats. I think people come along and they go, what's wrong with me? I, what am I doing wrong? Well, nothing. Those are the stats. Like, I don't, I can't, I don't off the top of my head and I haven't got my stats on me. I don't think ours are far off. I think they're slightly higher at the moment, but it's normally one in two show up. Yeah, that's I'd say that's relatively normal. I think it's probably maybe, yeah, probably a bit because I was a lower than 50 percent um, on this this round. But um, I think that normally they're a little bit higher, but probably not that much higher. No. And that, that's the thing. You can use any process you like. But in some ways, why not use the process where it's just like whack them through, keep booking them in? Because at the end of the day, um, it is one in two will show up. And then the stats, my stats from when I offer of the people I offer, I think it's something like one in one in two will last the first week. And one of those ones that last the first week, one in two will last the first month. Once they've done that first month, they'll stay for years. Yeah. Um, but that means I've got to offer to four people for yeah, one to work out. So you've got eight coming up. You're right. You may end up with I would expect two to be with you at the end that of the month. That is the reality, yeah, and that's the reality, and, and it's accepting that. I suppose the biggest challenge is, and we had this problem for so much in the last year, and we've, we've done really well recently, but we've, you know, we've had to sponsor our adverts on Indeed because we just weren't getting applicants. So, you know, 42 interviews for me is amazing. I don't think we did 42 interviews in the whole of last year um because they just weren't the applicants so you've got to really tweak the adverts you've got to really invest the time responding really quickly so there's lots that you can improve at the start of the process because yeah you, we've never had 42 interviews booked in that's really good that was really good but we're at the same I never really I only sponsored my adverts when I really wanted to now we're sponsoring constantly yeah. and I don't think it's indeed's got any worse necessarily maybe they have a little bit um but it's just tough. It's been really tough. 
yeah yeah but but it, it's working so touch wood we're going to keep at it and uh, yeah who knows I, on our next podcast i'll be like louise all eight of them have stuck now i need clients <laughs> we'll see and for our <laughs> listeners come along and listen and we'll speak to diane in, in at the end of february and go so diane yeah. what actually How happened <laughs> brilliant thanks louise hopefully everybody enjoyed that subscribe share and give us a review if you like the podcast